Grace Bible Church, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. It's a blessing to be here, or for you to hear us <laughs> today. Um, Brent Bullard, Pastor Brent Bullard, how are you doing? Oh, so good today. I can't believe we have the privilege on a rainy day to sit down with the Kaylin Schwartz. Oh my Kaylin Schwartz. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks for, for being here with us to talk a little yeah. bit about um, your life and uh, how you ended up here. Um, let's see. You are... When is the, the pre-K assistant thing starting? Is that a... Now. It's now, now, right? Yeah. Yeah, Today's day, day one? Day. Okay. June 1st. So mm-hmm. you are you are starting as a pre-K assistant. Mm-hmm. So what are you what are you going to be doing? Y'all enlighten me. Help me on, <laughs> on that. Well, it's not much different than when I was an intern. Mm-hmm. Um so Jenny has the curriculum, and Katie will have the um, administration part of it. Yeah. So um, just getting things done for the pre-K playground, managing our volunteers, our wonderful volunteers. <laughs> and um, so I will kind of fill in the gaps between that. Um, teaching so some Sundays, mm-hmm. me and Katie are going to be alternating that. And then um, I'll be doing a lot of maintenance in the pre-K wing because i live very close to here and Katie's super busy, but Jenny does not live close to here. So, um, that will just be something easy for me to do and fill in that. Um, so yeah, that's mainly what's going to be this summer. Cool. And we are just going to iron out all of the kinks as we go along because we don't know exactly what's going to come up now being a three person team instead of one person leading all of it. That's awesome. You know, as those responsibilities too come up and, and Jenny, of course, being able to be there on a part on Sunday mornings as well and, mm-hmm. and her schedule. When we talk about word worship service family, these four key parts of components of discipleship, uh, these are marks of health that we all need to ascribe to. One of the components that, that I think could struggle uh, and that Jenny experienced in this role and, uh, and uh, is the fact of uh, she went years without really being able mm-hmm. to consistently be in, in a corporate worship service. Uh, and, uh, and I think having a team approach to this, uh, and that's one thing is, uh, you know, Jenny and I kind of looked at this initially and, and her being able to have some extra flexibility and we're, we'll hear from her and Casey in the podcast here, here in a couple of weeks. But, uh, that's one of my hopes in this is that this provides a long-term sustainability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only uh, do we have, uh, more brain power and effort and energy, uh, to continue our, our standard and care for children. Uh, again, I, I think, for me, I remember when uh, uh, three years ago, when we were visiting, over three years ago now, when, when Sarah and I were visiting Grace, uh, and I was able to kind of just kind of walk through the rooms and see, you know, through the glass and see what was going on. It blew my mind to see the mm-hmm. intentionality, seeing the gospel. I mean, just interactive uh, lessons. This isn't simple. Everything has a purpose to it, mm-hmm. uh, to grow in understanding. Yes. I thought this is not normal in a lot of churches. A lot of it's, yes. you know, uh, for, uh, for parents, I think it can be easy to think, okay, my kid's good. They reasonably want to come. That's all that matters. <laughs> I don't need to know the details. They got their goldfish. They got yep. the goldfish. Uh, and, but to see that it's, not only is it safe and clean, uh, which certainly matters, uh, but to see the intentionality to try to train up these smallest mm-hmm. disciples, to give them a foundation of constantly hearing the word, mm-hmm. uh, not simply to, or to know certainly that they're loved and cared for and church is a place that I want to be mm-hmm. uh, and they want me to be there, but that the gospel, this is so important and that they're hearing this all the way from the youngest of ages as they're able to understand and, and older. 
And so uh, I know you were you were the first person that uh, that uh, Jenny uh, had mentioned of somebody in this role that can maintain continuity that serves mm-hmm. so well uh, uh, as an intern. And then when uh, we found out, or she had found out, especially that you were staying in Nacogdoches for your graduate mm-hmm. work, yes. it was hey, let's see what happens. Let's see if she has an interest in yeah. helping to maintain continuity. And uh, in the nighttime programming too, mm-hmm. uh, so yes. that's that's really exciting. So, uh, for those that don't know you in our church family personally yet, uh, tell us about where you grew up and and your experience with uh, maybe how you came to Christ or, or what that looked like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up basically my whole childhood was basically in um, Rusk, Texas. My parents have since moved to Silsby, Texas, but um, I grew up in Rusk and. I was saved and baptized when I was 10 years old. Um, My parents and grandparents, basically everyone in my family, um, were very keen on me having a relationship with Christ, which was amazing. Um, I benefited greatly from that. So all I knew at that point in my life at 10 years old was that the Lord loved me, and I knew for some reason I needed Him in my life because that was the message that was told to me since I was a baby. Um, But I didn't realize what that would mean. Um, I didn't realize why I would need him. Um, And so I, there were just so many things in my young, younger life after that from junior high and high school that just kind of made me take a step back. um, And I just didn't, I didn't have any, I didn't want anything to do with that. Um, I was just very distant from the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that I was running away from him, but I was definitely not desiring him at all. I wanted Mm -hmm. to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And then I got to college and my whole identity that I had created in high school was stripped away from me. Mm -hmm. And I had basically no friends, no family there. I was starting over completely and that just shook me. And for a couple of, I think one month, about three weeks, I refused to go to church. But in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, this needs to happen at some point. I need to go because that's what I had done my whole life Mm -hmm. growing up. Candace Corley, I'm going to name drop because Candace Corley (laughs) texted me every single Sunday. I went to high school with her, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, She went to Rusk High School. And so I knew her from high school and she invited me every Sunday, just texted me, not in a non-judgmental, but encouraging way. Hey, you should come to church. I would love to see you. You can sit by me. And she texted me that for three weeks. And my (laughs) response would be... Sure, I'll see if I can come. And then I wouldn't show up. And um, then it would just be, she wouldn't, you know, be judgmental after that. She would just be like, it was, um, uh, hope to see you next week or something like that after she, you know, discovered I didn't come. And so each week I was more compelled to come. Not pressured, but compelled Mm. and encouraged. Mm. And I just, that meant the world to me. And Mm. so... I came to Grace Bible Church for the first time in September, and I just remember feeling incredibly at home and welcomed and warm. All those warm and fuzzy feelings (laughs) when I got here, which 
is insane because at that time, Grace was going through a really rough split church split. And I had no idea at Mm. all. I didn't Mm. know anything about that. I just felt like this was a family that I wanted to be a part of. (laughs) Um, And so through that next semester of figuring out that I indeed had like lost my entire identity. Okay. So now what do I want to build my identity on now? Mm. Well, my answer was, um, just kind of laid out before me by Roman and Keith Hubbard, who preached um, the first few weeks when I got here, was like, are you going to put your identity in things of this world or are you going to put your identity in Christ who never changes and who is constant throughout your life? And so it was a long, drawn-out process of recognizing that um, Christ isn't just my genie in a bottle and um, he's not just something that I go to whenever I want something or need something. Um, he is who I put my hope and my trust and my identity in for you know, every day in life. Um, so it's kind of, it's not this just 180 change in my life, mm-hmm. um, which has been kind of um, hard to grapple with. It's been more of like I was saved and then Christ changed me over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty much, and now I'm here and I've been here since um, 2017 and the Lord has just grown me from leaps and bounds to what it was whenever I got here. Um, and it's all thanks to church staff here and the Lord just using them in ways and in, in conversation and teaching me in formal ways and informal ways. Um, and I'm just so grateful for that. Mm. It's been wonderful. Praise God. Mm-hmm. That's so neat to hear. You, you know, uh, I'm amazed how many, uh, we talk about aiming to be, to be multi-generational. Of course, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's a, uh, it's a, it's a beautiful COVID snapshot. Uh, that it's it, it looks in a certain way, but that the people, the generation, that actually engage and love each other, care for each other, uh, mm-hmm. know each other, grieve together, uh, yes. you know, celebrate with each other. Uh, I, one of the things I'm marked by is how many different uh, people that are maybe a little further ahead mm-hmm. uh, in years. Maybe the nicest way I could have ever said that. <laughs> uh, you know, so even even old people like Stephen, yeah. uh, and older than that. So how have you found through your undergrad here at SFA? Uh, how how were you kind of impressed upon your life? Of course, not only to be a member, but to be involved with the generations here. Yes, absolutely. The first time that I came, um, since the first time that I came, I have encountered college students who have incredible relationships with members older than them and even like the elders. Growing up in a um, traditional Baptist church, I never had a personal relationship with um, deacons. I mean, my parents did, but it wasn't, it was very like, this was the kids, this was the mm-hmm. uh, youth. A siloed and, by default. Yes. It's a normal. Yeah. Yes. I mean, which that is totally normal in a church, but this was different. And um, I realized that people had, you know, intergenerational relationships and that was very different. And so, Um, I think that just came up naturally in serving in the pre-K ministry. Mm. I got to talk with the parents of the kids that I was with. And then through babysitting, that's almost a necessity to have relationships with the parents. Mm. And so um, I think for the first 
maybe two years that I was here at Grace, I only knew members who had kids. <laughs> that was the only <laughs> generation that I knew. Of course, the college students as well. Yeah. Um, but since being an intern and um, I guess just visiting more, like I, I know more older folks too, mm-hmm. um, which I still know maybe a fraction of the church, but um, I am very much encouraged to make those relationships with all generations in the church, which Mm -hmm. is so cool and so different Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a, that's a moving thing to understand when you start to realize there's so many, our, our culture is, uh, you know, they call it intersectionality. It's so subdivided in Mm -hmm. every different way that you could chop somebody up and try and put them in a box. But when you start to realize people are people and, and what the mm-hmm. scriptures speak about people's nature is true for you as it is for them, that mm-hmm. they're come short of the glory of God, they're broken, they're in need of a savior, and they they their pride fizzles maybe a little differently than ours, but mm-hmm. they're still struggling against sin and temptation. And yet if they know Christ, they you have this you have the greatest thing imaginable in common, the mm-hmm. greatest person, the greatest purpose, uh, yes. and the greatest pleasure in that way of of what will most bring you most joy. And when we understand that, it, it really, I think for me, it, it really helps to get rid of any intimidation that there could be of, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not normal to look, you know, if you saw somebody all the different generations, you'd be like, well, they must be related in some way. <laughs> but when you look and they say, wow, wow, that person is, that person's a, you know, a 50 year old business owner and they're over there just talking to, you know, that, that 20 year old and mm-hmm. they seems like they're like each other and they're not looking <laughs> past each other. They're trying to get to know each other. That's an unusual thing in our world, and it always will be, and it always has been in, in, in Christianity. Um, that's a, that is just a great mark to be able to hold fast for all of our church, for mm-hmm. college students. I know we'll have some college students right now that are uh, the parents anyway. They'll be listening to this as their kids are possibly going to be re- coming or, or will be coming to SFA mm-hmm. You know, as they listen to the podcast and try and scout things for them. Uh, that is a huge, uh, huge reality for their children to understand or their, you know, their, their young adult to understand as they come mm-hmm. to college is to, to lean into the generations and mm-hmm. for the rest of our church body that's older than college age to, uh, to lean in and to pursue and to continue to pursue and, and by, uh, by grace, be a, be a Candace and mm-hmm. try to be winsome, but don't yes. stop pursuing people. You yeah. never know the fruit of what the Lord can handle with that little mustard seed of a text or a personal mm-hmm. invite and what that can blossom into as, as the fruit has produce 30, 60, 100 fold uh, in your life already, uh, even though uh, still quite young. Mm -hmm. And I, sorry, Stephen. No, no, good. Um, Last week I was listening to Shannon's podcast and she was talking about how Kim LaGraff invited her to sit (laughs) with her. And Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, Candace did that with me. (laughs) And so I just want to reiterate that that was so helpful and so formative for me to um, have someone that I could come to church with and be Mm -hmm. with. And um, for the first time, like she wasn't a crutch. She didn't um, put her, she didn't set herself up to be a crutch. She was Mm. just present Mm. and in, in introducing me to people. Um, But it was just so comforting to have that person right beside me. So Mm. like you were saying last week, um, it is different like just inviting someone versus inviting them to come sit with you. Mm. It makes the world a difference. It is. <laughs> and even if you meet somebody that's maybe sitting by themselves mm-hmm. to be able to ask them, uh, you know, uh, you can ask them to come sit with, if they would like to come sit mm-hmm. with you, 
But another thing to be able to look and sit in a different spot than you normally do and say, hey, is anybody, can I sit here beside you? Yeah, <laughs> it's just, absolutely. It, it, you know, those are kind of small, but they're really courageous mm-hmm. type things that they, they, they do show a personal pursuit. Yes. Uh, that's a great counsel. Yes. But that, you know, Candace inter- introducing you to other people is mm-hmm. something that, that is a, that is a helpful thing to do as well. I mean, mm-hmm. we, um, that's something that, that, that Brent and I try to do and, and we try to teach others to do the same thing. Yes. Uh, Brent, you call it spider webbing, right? Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So yeah. we're, you know, you bring somebody, you maybe just got to know them, then you introduce them to somebody else so that they can then be introduced to somebody else. And, mm-hmm. um, that really helps people get really grafted in pretty quickly, you know, mm-hmm. to, to the life of the church and to feel welcomed and mm-hmm. feel like there's a place here. Yes. Um, that's really, that's really cool. And even if they don't stay here, they mm-hmm. know that people here are willing to welcome them with open arms and yeah. willing to um, just talk with them and share their morning with them, yeah. even if they don't stay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Worth the effort. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, this uh, Sunday we'll be really diving into chapter one yeah, of Exodus. That's right. And uh, so anything you'd like to share with us there on you know, that, how to prepare? Yeah. So we see in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, the command of the Lord to be fruitful and multiply. Uh, of course, uh, things go south after the fall of Adam. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Lord judges the entirety of the earth, destroying it by flood. Uh, and yet then we have Noah and Noah gets the same charge in Genesis 9 to be Fruitful and multiply, the people do. Of course, things go south soon after that as well. But now we see the same echo again in uh, in Exodus chapter 1. The same statement is given. I'll read it for us. 1 verse 7. So Joseph has died. uh, And we read in chapter 1 verse 7, But the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. We see... Ah, yes, marks of things that seem to be going the way they ought to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we know the Exodus soon hits turmoil after that verse of chapter 1, verse 7. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, And that's a that's a great picture how the fall has, even when we start to abide and do the things we ought to, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Yeah. And, and uh, they're being obedient and being fruitful and multiplying and the Lord keeping His covenant with Abraham and building a mighty nation from Abraham's seed. Uh, it leads forth to a lot of heartache and a lot of difficult situations that Israel finds itself in. Mm-hmm. I think there's just a little nugget there as we look forward to Sunday to know to abide in the way of the Lord and His design and His call for us uh, doesn't mean it's going to be the easy path, mm-hmm. but we know it's the good path, and that's what we want to hold fast till. Good, yeah. So as we prepare, we want to, you know, we've been we've been uh, charged or tasked with. Uh, Taking in the, the the book of Exodus, listening to it maybe on one and a quarter speed or one and a half <laughs> one speed, and a half speed. Um, whatever your brain can process, and um, and you know maybe instead of watching a movie or watching Netflix or whatever you might do tonight or uh, whatever, take take time to just even as a family, you know that's something that we've done as a family is just intake the Bible through you know in that way where you can hit play on the Bible app or whatever app you have. Um, just to kind of take that in, and so be getting that into your into your uh, into your heart. Um, of course, uh, next week we'll be doing a kids club, which is really exciting. Um, it's pretty cool. To, the band's getting ready. We're going to be rehearsing this Sunday. To, to we're going to have a full band for for kids club. So we're going to have a live full live worship band. Full worship for band. A so hundred cool. plus kids. Yes. I'm gonna have to get my. Uh, I'm gonna have to drink some Coke or some uh, <laughs> caffeine or something. And there's still plenty of room, right? We're still. We got a lot of. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many John told us uh, leaders they have signed up, but we have uh, plenty of room because we have so many 
people that have signed up to be able to serve. Yeah, uh, so if you know of any kids that you can invite to come be a park, still do that sign up registration online and make sure that uh, that young person gets a t-shirt and uh, has a tremendous time. Yeah. So I know John and Abby have been going around and the leaders, uh, it's uh, it's pretty exciting around here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, and then this this Sunday we're actually gonna we're gonna be singing the the song we we wrote for Psalm twenty three. We'll be singing that again this Sunday, and uh, it's been really cool to see the response and how the church has responded to that. So uh, you can find that video online, be listening to it again, and get it familiar with you, and uh, come in ready to to sing Sunday. So, um, Kaylin, thank yes. you for being here with You're us. You're very welcome. I enjoyed sharing. it so much. Thank you all. I <laughs> uh, hope we didn't uh, intimidate you too much or freak you out, uh, but you, a yeah, right. you were. I, I, I was a little intimidated <laughs> to sit down here with you. This is good stuff. Come on now. I made it. We're yeah, good. No, uh, no. Thank you so much for, for sharing and encouraging us to, to be mindful of the people that we can be bringing and connecting with the body of our, uh, with uh, our church body. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we just are so grateful for you and you. and for this this new this next step this new thing that that yes. you're doing and yeah. helping out with our pre K kids. Thanks for doing that. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, church, we'll see you this Sunday. We're praying for you and we look forward to gathering together. <laughs>